Welcome back to That's the Tea. My name is RJ and I am here bringing you football news in the most digestible way possible. Today, I'm by myself for once. This is a little weird. Ryan was not feeling too well to record an episode this week and that's totally fine. So I'm just going to be talking by myself for a bit. But for all our listeners who are still listening, we are here to provide you football news in the most digestible way possible every single week. And that is what we are going to do. Starting off with this episode, we are doing a week 15 recap. And to be honest with you, week 15 was one of the weirdest weeks of fantasy football of the NFL ever, to be completely frank. Lots of superstars did not produce and a lot of waiver pickups that didn't seem to be valuable waiver pickups ended up being really, really good. Someone like Amon Ross St. Brown ended up being a very good pickup last week. So definitely going to try to talk as much football as possible during this recap. And we will start with the Kansas City Chiefs who won 34-28 against the Chargers. Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, all three of them had very excellent games for them to kind of bounce back after a couple of really weird weeks. That being said... Austin Eckler had a good game. He scored 18 points for you. Keenan Allen scored 19 points. Pretty solid outing. Justin Herbert got you 24 points. I think overall takeaways, you have to start your studs. However, Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey are on the COVID list. That is something to be cautious about. With that being said, I don't think you can substitute them internally. That is something that you're going to have to explore other options outside of I guess the team outside of Kansas City I guess one replacement could be Jared Cook who does play for the Chargers he had an okay game pretty serviceable three receptions for 32 yards moving on to what was Saturday night football we have the New England Patriots who lost to the Indianapolis Colts 27 to 17 Jonathan Taylor bails you out on the last play on last offensive drive for the Colts as he rips off a large, large touchdown near the end of the game. Just want to confirm, it is 67 yards. It was a 67-yard rush to really seal the deal for Indianapolis in this game. It was a crucial game for both teams. Indianapolis pulls it, all, pulls it off. Jonathan Taylor scores you 27 points. On the flip side, though, the Patriots, I feel like they let you down. For any Patriots players that you started, you probably started... Nick Folk, 5 points. Patriots defense, 2 points. If you start Hunter Henry, congratulations. He got you over 20 points. 6 receptions, 77 yards, and 2 touchdowns. Moving on to the Sunday slate of games. We have the Carolina Panthers falling short to the Buffalo Bills, 31-14. Josh Allen had a serviceable, meh, game in my opinion. He did throw two touchdown passes, excuse me, three touchdown passes, two of them to Gabriel Davis, a very good waiver wire pickup. He gets you over 20 points as well, 85 yards on five receptions for two touchdowns. Stephon Diggs bails you out as well, although he has 35 yards. He got you four receptions and a touchdown to add on to that. Cole Beasley is not going to be available. He is on the COVID list and because of his statements about the COVID vaccine, he is not going to be playing in this next game against New England. He will have to sit out. 
as we go and talk about Carolina, two things that are kind of really eye-opening to me. One is Amir Abdullah. He gets four carries on seven yards, but he is getting the receiving usage. Four for four, 48 yards, and that receiving touchdown. That's pretty important. Cam Newton did okay. He got the rushing upside. He got the two-point conversion. He still threw an interception, though. He had a couple of fumbles. That definitely hurts his stock. DJ Moore is no more than a wide receiver, too, though. Six targets, or excuse me, 11 targets on six receptions for 48 yards. He did get his two-point conversion to kind of boost up his score just a little bit. I would explore other options, even though he gets a very nice Tampa Bay defense because of his injury. Moving on, we have the Arizona Cardinals with one of the biggest upsets of the week, losing to Detroit in Detroit 30 to 12. Jared Goff lit it up throwing three touchdown passes, one of them to Monroe St. Brown, who I mentioned earlier on in this podcast. He had a very great game. Eight receptions on 90 yards, one touchdown, pretty, pretty solid. Someone who's probably going to lose value, though, is going to be chest, is going to be, excuse me, Craig Reynolds, their running back, who they call Netflix, because he was, apparently his story behind that is when he was called up to play in the game, he was sitting on his couch watching Netflix. Congratulations for him, though. 26 carries on 112 yards. Very, very, very solid game for a running back. Moving on to the flip side, though. Flip side, though, excuse me. Arizona, 12 points. Kyler Murray, 10.58 fantasy points. One interception, one fumble. It was a rough day in the office for this Arizona Cardinals team as a whole. Chase Edmonds and James Conner are splitting carries, and I don't think James Conner is a serviceable RB1 anymore. He is going to fall down into flex consideration for me moving forward. In terms of passing down usage for Arizona after DeAndre Hopkins got hurt, it's looking like Christian Kirk will be taking over the wide receiver one, I guess, role. Nine receptions on 12 targets, 94 yards, and one touchdown. He plays the first fiddle as second fiddle. A.J. Green only gets eight targets on four receptions with 64 yards. Zach Ertz looked pretty good, though. Six receptions on 74 yards. That's good for tight end one in this very, very shallow tight end pool leading into the fantasy playoffs. Moving on to the next game, it was a division battle. Houston, 30. Jacksonville, 16. Davis Mills looked like the better rookie quarterback and the better coached rookie quarterback. He gets you two touchdowns. He gets you an interception. It wasn't pretty, but he got the job done, especially if you have Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks might have been the wide receiver one of the week scoring at least 25 points on seven receptions with 10 targets, 102 yards, and two receiving touchdowns. I've said this once, and I'll say this again. When you when we talk about Jacksonville and what they do, well, it's very limited outside of James Robinson, who gets you 18 carries for 75 yards and one touchdown. He's the only startable Jacksonville player in my honest opinion and I think Ryan if you're watching this or listening to this you can agree as well moving on to another division game it was the AFC North as the Jets fall short to Miami as Miami actually came back from this game and now they are 7-7 seven and seven in record Tua Tagovailoa had a very very shallow game did not meet expectations for me he had two interceptions, he had a fumble, but he did bail you out with two 
passing touchdowns, excuse me, one to Devontae Parker, who bails you out four for four for eight for 68 yards and one touchdown. If you started him, congratulations with Jalen Waddle on the COVID list. I think the star of this of the show, though, for this game was definitely Duke Johnson scoring over 25 points on 22 carries, 107 yards, two touchdowns, and also to add on one reception on one target for 20 yards. That is some pretty, pretty good usage, if you ask me. Um, I mean, with that being said, though, Miles Gaskin was coming off the COVID list. I I want to say this is going to be more of a timeshare moving forward. You don't have to pick up Duke Johnson right away. But pick him up if you need the depth. If you want to kind of protect yourself. They do play Monday night, but it's against the Saints. It is not a very good matchup, um, in my honest opinion. With that being said, though, we go on to the Jets, and Michael Carter, he had an okay game. It wasn't his best game, it wasn't his worst game, but he did get the usage. He just wasn't very productive. The same can be said about Zach Wilson altogether. And honestly, when we talk about um when we talk about the Jets and moving forward, without Elijah Moore, without Corey Davis, um, and it's, it's going to be tough. It's tough watching this game. Robert Sala is going to be on the COVID list as well. Um, and with that being said, I feel like you have to fade a lot of Jets players. Moving on to our next game, we are going to talk about the Dallas Cowboys who won 21-6 against the New York Giants. Dak Prescott is all over the place. It's a He is a player that you have to start but you don't really trust as much as you really want to. Um, Ezekiel Elliott finds the red zone. He was not the more productive running back. Tony Pollard was, as he goes for 12 carries for 74 yards. Ezekiel Elliott had 16 carries on 52 yards. It was a decent game in the office for Ezekiel Elliott, but when Tony Pollard's breathing behind your, I guess, behind your back, on your neck, it's a little hard to kind of, I guess, be thankful for Ezekiel Elliott's production. On the flip side, Saquon Barkley is going to continue to be an RB2 moving forward against a shallow offensive line. They are shutting down Daniel Jones, so the quarterback play is not going to get any better. But Jake Fromm looks decent, in my opinion. 100 times better than Mike Glennon, if you ask me. In terms of receivers, you have to start your studs. CeeDee Lamb, Amari Cooper, he's asking for more um, third down targets, more red zone targets. So if you have him rostered, and you're at least, I guess, made it kind of far. It's hard to believe that given how much time he's lost and his lack of production, but if you're still in the fantasy playoffs and you have Amore Cooper, you have to keep starting him. In terms of Giants, I would not start anyone as we move into the fantasy football semifinals and finals. Moving on to the next couple of games, we're going to breeze through the Titans and the Steelers. Not much to talk about for the Titans. Um, Deonta Foreman does get you 108 yards on the ground for 22 carries it's good but he's still in a timeshare and that's what's very hesitant the amount of usage also is a little needs to be a little tepid because we're going to get receivers like aj brown like julio jones back playing in this upcoming week on the flip side really terrible i guess day in the office for Najee harris 12 carries on 18 yards you can't do that if you're an rb1 in the playoffs but you started him again it's part of that really, really weird week. The offensive line just couldn't make, I guess, give him a lot of really big holes. And Tennessee is a really good run defense. They do rank 
first in that category. In terms of receptions and receivers, like I said, Julio Jones and A.J. Brown should be back for Thursday night against the San Francisco 49ers. And Deontay Johnson gets you five receptions. He leads the way. Chase Claypool gets you 1.9 fantasy points. Ugly, ugly game. Ugly stat line for a lot of players this week. And it doesn't end here. As we talk about the Cincinnati Bengals, who take, who took on, excuse me, the Denver Broncos, and they win 15-10. to 10. Biggest takeaways here, Tyler Boyd has the big touchdown. He scores at least 20 points, 5 receptions on 6 targets, 96 yards, and 1 touchdown. On the flip side, Tim Patrick is the one that gets a touchdown for Denver. He scores you at least 10 points on 42 yards, a receiving touchdown on 5 targets. Javante Williams, Melvin Gordon had very serviceable games, while Joe Mixon only gets you 6 points this week. Really, really tough game, but better games are ahead of him moving forward. He did kind of exit, come in and out of this game, but his ankle, he's been a full participant for the last couple of weeks, so you have to be optimistic in terms of that. Drew Locke will be starting, and I can't tell if that's a good thing or a bad thing for these receivers, which is why I would fade both of them this week. Moving on to the Atlanta Falcons and the San Francisco 49ers. The Atlanta Falcons tried to strike early, strike first, and they weren't able to do so, leading to some really pedestrian games from Cordell Patterson and Mike Davis. Russell Gage is definitely the highlight of this game. He gets you at least 20 fantasy points on 91 yards, 12 targets, 8 receptions, and 1 touchdown. Debo Samuel keeps doing his thing. He got his usual rushing touchdown, and Jeff Wilson Jr. was the offense for the 49ers. 21 carries, 110 yards, 1 TD. Nine receiving yards. You must start him if Elijah Mitchell cannot play moving forward. As we wrap up these next couple of games, we're going to move on to the second to last game on Sunday. It was the Green Bay Packers taking on the Baltimore Ravens. Green Bay takes the win on a somewhat questionable call with Baltimore. I personally thought that they should have gone for the tie. It's kind of hard when you're playing against Aaron Rodgers, though, because 50-50 shot of getting that coin flip. If Green Bay gets the ball, are you really going to get the ball back? So I'm not too mad about Baltimore doing what they were doing. Aaron Rodgers has an okay game. He gets you 20 fantasy points. Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon continue to split time. Aaron Jones is being worked a little bit more in this offense. He also got the receiving touchdown, which is really good. He gets you 15 fantasy points. A.J. Dillon gets you 10 on no touchdowns. Devontae Adams had a tough game, but he did get a touchdown. 16 points is really solid. MVS got the big touchdown reception, though. He got you at least 20 fantasy points. Moving on, Tyler Huntley looks like the guy. He got you 34 fantasy points. He was the QB one of the week. Marquise Brown had a really good game, and we can't forget about Mark Andrews, who had a monster game. He, too, eclipsed 30 yards. He got you... 10 targets, excuse me, 13 targets, 10 receptions, 100, 136 yards, and two touchdown catches. Pretty good game. Mark Andrews is the tight end one, in my opinion, especially if Travis Kelsey can't go this week. Moving on to a really boring game. It was the New Orleans Saints who beat Tampa Bay 9-0. Kind of sounds like a, like a baseball game score if you really want to talk about it, but... No one here scored more than, I'm pretty sure, 15 fantasy points and half PPR. I mean, Marquez Callaway got you 112 yards on six receptions for 17 points. 
I think the big highlight for this has to be Tampa Bay. You don't have Leonard Fournette. Ronald Jones is a must-add this week. Chris Godwin is out. Antonio Brown, if he's on the waivers, is a must-add this week. He is a direct replacement. When he was playing, he was great. The problem was target share. With Chris Godwin out, hopefully he'll be back by next season. He's supposed to be a free agent, and he's supposed to really make money here. But in terms of fantasy football, Antonio Brown, despite all things that's happened to him, is a solid wide receiver two and may even be a wide receiver one if Mike Evans cannot go against Carolina. Moving on to our multiple Monday and Tuesday games, we have four more games to talk about. Las Vegas takes care of business against a completely decimated Cleveland team, 16-14. to 14. No one really shined in this game. I mean, maybe Zay Jones if you really talk about it, but Daniel Carlson's probably the MVP of this game. Nick Mullins did his best, though, against... I don't know. He didn't really have a lot of weapons. Offensive line was a little shaky. Nick Chubb did his best part. He's supposed to have another touchdown, but one was called back due to holding. That could have changed this whole game altogether. But Nick Chubb will get you 20 points as he gets you one rushing touchdown on 91 yards. Moving on to the Monday night game. It was a sad Monday night game. Minnesota takes on Chicago's... um, Chicago loses 17-9. Kirk Cousins, obviously, primetime game. He struggles. He only gets you six fantasy points. Dalvin Cook, 15 points. He's on the COVID list, though, so you might have to look to Alexander Madison to play in this next game against the Rams. Still a shaky matchup, in my opinion. Justin Fields had an okay day in the office. He had one passing touchdown, and he also had seven carries and 35 yards. Not too shabby. David Montgomery is the lead back here. 18 carries for 60 yards. He did have a one fumble loss, but that's fine. Justin Jefferson did the best that he could given what he was given, to be completely frank with you. On 10 targets, he only got four receptions, 47 yards, but he bails you out with one receiving touchdown. Darnell Mooney without um, Allen Robinson gets you at least 10 points, one carry, three yards, five receptions, 63 yards. Not too shabby, if you ask me. Moving on to the Tuesday games as both were played at the same time. The Washington football team loses to Philadelphia 17-27. Key takeaways for this game. One, they literally started a third-string quarterback that was picked up from the practice squad and played on five games of like or five days of practice. Don't blame Garrett Gilbert at all for this one. On the flip side, Antonio Gibson, though, he does get you one rushing touchdown. It was a pedestrian game. He got you six receptions, which is something to be very excited about. That's what I really like, especially J.D. McKissick. He is not going to be playing for pretty much the rest of the season outside of Week 18 if your league does that. Antonio Gibson is a RB1 moving forward. He should have better matchups to come. Jalen Hurts bails out a lot of people. He gets you over 20 fantasy points on two rushing touchdowns, one touchdown through the air miles sanders based off of usage you have to keep starting him he is a very good serviceable rb2 now he got you 16 fantasy points this week on 131 yards rushing and 15 yards receiving terry mclaurin had a terry mclaurin game four targets two receptions 51 yards you can't really do much about that on the flip side the best receiver for philadelphia has to be dallas goddard hands down no touchdown um, catches however he did have seven receptions at 135 yards and that's more than you can ask for from a tight end this year 
Moving on to the Tuesday night game. Actually, they were both played with Washington and Phillies game, so they played at the same time. It was the LA Rams beating Seattle 20-10. Russell Wilson had a terrible game, and this just, I just want to reiterate, Russell Wilson's probably, it's either Russell Wilson or Pete Carroll. One of them are leaving, is leaving, excuse me. Rashad Penny was in and out, out of this game. DJ Dallas got the rushing touchdown because of that, which is fine. Um, to be honest, not super fine, but I mean, if you're starting Rashad Penny against the Rams, you were out of options to begin with anyways. In terms of the running backs for the Rams, Sony Michelle got the bulk of the carries with an 18-6 split with Daryl Henderson. I don't think this is really attributed to Daryl Henderson being outplayed by Sony Michelle. More or less, Daryl Henderson didn't get a lot of practice, so he got the Miles Gaskin treatment this week as well. The start of the show was the Matthew Stafford Cooper Cup connection. Cooper Cup gets you over 30 fantasy points. One carry on one yard. That's the one bumish if you can really call it that. He, however, got 13 targets, 9 receptions, 136 yards, and 2 touchdowns. That is a very good stat line. Without Tyler Lockett, though, DK Metcalf could not do much. 11 fantasy points, 6 receptions on 52 yards. That's great for a wide receiver 3, a wide receiver 2. But you drafted DK Metcalf to be the feature of your team. And unfortunately, that's not what you got here for DK Metcalf. And I don't think you will for the rest of the season. In terms of, as we transition to the recap of the Charity Fantasy League, we are unfortunately not moving forward. We took the loss last week against the number one seed everybody hates rob we had a tough game by tom brady that's partially where most of this is attributed to if we had a better game maybe we could have bounced back but we lost 140 to 119 i would love to talk to ryan about this next week to talk about mvps for our team some things that we could have worked on a little bit better but outside of that it was a great season i'm glad that we kind of snuck into the playoffs i was happy i was pretty content and that's more than I could really ask for from this team. And hopefully, hopefully, we can at least get some sort of momentum into next year if we're invited again. But to everyone that has made it this far, thank you for listening. And may the football gods bless your team with more wins this year. We'll catch you again next week while we review week 16 of the NFL season. And that's the T. And that's the T. Take care, y'all. Catch us on our next episode. Peace.